0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Weight Loss Made Easy podcast, where we share bite-sized information that's quick and easy to implement so that you can get lasting results. We are your hosts, Dr. Barb Woger, naturopathic doctor, and myself, Sabrina Tayaferro, a holistic and culinary nutritionist, as well as a yoga instructor. Today, we're gonna dive in to help you understand the role of insulin and why optimizing its function is important for your weight loss or your weight maintenance goals and your overall health. Finally, we'll give you some tips that you can implement today to improve insulin functioning. Insulin resistance is
1: one of the underlying root causes of any type of weight gain or weight loss resistance. And it's something that we have to address if we wanna get to the root cause of our weight um, gain or if we're looking to lose weight. insulin resistance is often one of the reasons that we might get stuck in this plateau. And although we are told by a lot of weight loss communities to eat less or exercise more, we're really not getting to the root cause when we're doing that. So today we're gonna talk about what insulin is, and we don't wanna demonize insulin. Insulin is an important hormone. Um, It's life-saving, we need it. But when it's not functioning optimally, It can cause havoc on many different areas of our health, but specifically our weight. And so we're going to dive in and talk a little bit about what insulin is and some things that you can do to help improve um, insulin and its um,
0: sensitivity. Right. So normally when we eat, our body breaks down. Um, our food into what we call like glucose or blood sugar and it's insulin's job to help regulate the body's blood sugar by taking it carrying it over to the muscles so that you can use it up for energy. If we have an over or an excess of this blood glucose then it gets stored and it likes to store itself in the fat tissues usually around the belly. Um so we want to make sure that insulin is function, functioning properly. And the problem is, is that when we have too many of this um, high blood, uh, blood sugar, we then tend to have too much insulin coming out. And insulin gets tired. I, I, at least I like to think of that. It gets tired. It doesn't want to work anymore. It's not efficient in what it's doing anymore. So you need more and more insulin. And when insulin is high, then it causes this storage of belly fat um, that we really want to avoid and we also need to know that insulin is a satiety uh, hormone that helps you know that you're full so that you stop eating and that you're not overeating so when insulin is not functioning properly you're going to be hungry more and more so you might eat a meal and you might still continue to want to eat more and more and never really feel that fullness or that satiety that comes with having a good meal.
1: Right. And so one of the things that we see with our clients is they come to us because they have this weight issue and when we look at their eating patterns we see that they're eating every maybe three hours every four hours so they might be having three meals with a couple of snacks in between and this is really not what we want to be doing if we want to improve insulin functioning so each time we put food in our mouth or we eat we call on insulin and this is something that we need to dress if we want to start to regulate this fat storage hormone um, so one thing that we can do is look at how much food we are actually bringing in in a day or the quantity and and the amount as well as how often are we eating in, in a day you know Three meals per day, if they're spaced apart four or five hours, is fine. Six meals is a whole nother problem. And the more times we're snacking and the more times we're bringing in food at different times, the more times we're dysregulating insulin. Our body has a capacity to, you know, correct some of these. But if we're doing it all the time, it just doesn't uh, or is not able to do this. And insulin then becomes a hormone that's not functioning optimally and is not doing what it's supposed to be doing, which is actually a lot
0: of life-saving measures. Right, and we also want to make sure that what we're eating is um, of good nutrition. So in our society, we tend to have very, very high carbohydrate meals. And Yes, carbs are wonderful, and we don't want to demonize carbs at all because they are a macronutrient. We need them in our body. Um, They are what gives us the energy. But when we're eating these meals that are high, high in carbohydrates, especially the fast carbs, we'll call them, um, that really plays a, a number on our blood sugar regulation and on insulin. And just as Barb said, you know, the more insulin comes out the more work that it has to do it gets tired and then you know that's where it becomes resistant and that's the problem so it's not that one carb meal that you have it's when you're having breakfast you're starting with your bagel and then you go to lunch and then you have um, pasta and then you go for dinner and you have something with rice and maybe sushi that's a lot of carbohydrates in one day for your body to have to process, for your blood sugar to try to stay regular, uh, regulated, and balanced, and for insulin to come out all the time and do that work. So we like to um, we like to implement intermittent fasting whenever possible to help start balance insulin and make sure that it starts to regain its proper functioning, its proper cues, and not be so tired
1: right and you know as of this recording we we've heard a lot of negative things about intermittent fasting um when it comes to weight loss and intermittent fasting is really not there for you to lose weight it's there for you to change your eating window so yes you may have a caloric restriction by eating two meals per day but it's not its purpose is there to shrink that eating window so maybe you eat from 12 to 8 or you eat from 11 to 7 or you have a 12 to 6 window, whatever it is that works for you, those are the hours that you eat. And that then allows, you know, 16, 17 hours of fasting. And this is what's going to help insulin get more regulated. And so when we're looking at trying to correct the underlying root cause of insulin resistance, intermittent fasting is something that you can do to really help improve. Uh, the sensitivity of insulin and is something that you can do that isn't going to cost you any money. It's usually done over breakfast, so it's an easy meal to skip, especially if you're, you know, busy and you've got to get out the door to work. Um, it's, It's okay to, you know, skip that breakfast and then have your lunch as your first meal and during the fasting time you can have lots of water herbal teas and of course black coffee if if you're a coffee drinker but other than that we really want to keep the fast to those three liquids and um, that is going to help us get more regulated and you will notice it gets easier as you do it more often
0: yeah i just wanted to add to that that you know if you're new to intermittent fasting and you haven't it can feel overwhelming it sounds like wow you don't want me to eat for that long of a ter- period of time it's actually not so intimidating if you take it slow you don't need to have a 16 hour fast if it's your first fast you can do 12 hours so you know if you stop eating at eight o'clock at night and you don't have breakfast to eight o'clock in the morning that's 12 hours fast And then you can, you know, work on that, go to 14 hours and then 16 hours. When you're trying to get to the root cause um, and rebalance and support insulin in its functioning, you might want to do it a little bit more on consecutive days once you've gotten used to it. But then once you get insulin functioning optimally, you don't want to fast every single day. You want to then give your body uh, a break and and incorporate it once you've got that healthy balance of nutrition, um, you know what your meals are like, and that way you can support your body. Here are some common signs or symptoms of insulin resistance. So if you have belly fat, and it's often associated with a waistline measurement of over 35 inches for women and 40 inches for men, If you have that afternoon slump where your energy crashes and you just want to go to sleep, if that feeling of fatigue often, Um, if you have those cravings, like, like I said before, you know what, if your body is not being told that you're full and you constantly want to eat and you never feel full, that is a definite sign. Skin tags or hair loss. Or even if you're just having that diet that most of us have that's high in processed foods and carbohydrates you're likely insulin resistant
1: yeah and so you can also do some testing if you don't if some of these symptoms are not evident, um, but most of our clients we see these symptoms as being something that is there. But you can also test insulin. So you can go to your local or your healthcare practitioner and you can actually test fasting insulin. Sometimes we even get clues by testing fasting blood glucose and hemoglobin A1C, which they often run on your yearly panel. If these values are tending to be towards the higher end of the range uh, then we can kind of already see that probably in the background insulin isn't working as efficiently as it probably should so that is another way that you can kind of look at what your insulin is you can also do an insulin uh, oral glucose test where they will give you uh, a form of sugar which is equivalent to a meal um, and they will measure your glucose and your insulin over a course of two hours and this is going to also give us um, some clues as to how insulin is acting um, in the system so if you are having weight loss resistance this is one area that I would be looking at and making sure that it's optimized um, before I would be going to the gym and over-exercising and causing more um, stress on the body, or you know, severely limiting my caloric intake. Um, we know that those things don't work long term, and they're not sustainable
0: either. So. So one other simple thing that you can do to help um, support insulin and is once you've eaten your meal is then go for a 30-minute walk. 20 to 30 minutes, go for a nice walk. When you move your muscles, it doesn't require insulin to draw that blood glucose into the muscles to give it the energy that it needs. So it's kind of like um, a little bit of a support system to insulin's functioning. So go for that walk after a meal, nice stroll after your dinner, or especially if you have a high carbohydrate meal, um, will go miles for your insulin functioning. Right. And
1: finally, just a final tip for you all is, you know, we don't often think of sleep as, you know, something with weight loss or even here with insulin, but getting a good night's sleep is absolutely crucial. So one night of poor sleep can actually dysregulate your blood sugar to the point where you are actually looking like a type 2 diabetic if they were to run your blood work the next morning. So um, sleep is really, really important. It needs to be uh, prioritized. We need to be getting seven to eight hours of good quality sleep. So whether you do some sleep hygiene prior to going to bed to improve on that, this could be things like, you know, taking a half an hour and meditating or having a hot bath or just kind of calming that nervous system down so that you are going to get into that deep sleep where your body can basically do all of its magic. Um, But if we're skimping out on sleep and we don't get the uh, right amount of sleep then our blood sugar is going to become dysregulated insulin will become dysregulated we're gonna have more cravings the next day and we also know if we have poor sleep we're gonna make poor decisions the next day and that relates to you know lifestyle as well as food so really make sure that um, you work on getting in your sleep again this is another thing that you can do that isn't gonna cost you any money and you can really make a big improvement, um, especially when it comes to insulin resistance. And there's a saying that says, You snooze, you lose. Well, that's exactly what happens. So, just to recap some of the things that you can do, um, you know, just making sure that we're having meals that are balanced, so including proteins and fats with our carbohydrates, so we're not just eating the refined carbs or the naked carbs, as they call them. We want to move our body, so going for that walk after a meal. We can do some intermittent fasting if um, that's something that you would like to try out. And finally, we want to make sure that we're getting
0: good, um, sufficient sleep. So there you have it. Addressing insulin is a smart move anytime. But right now, with the ever-increasing deterioration in our metabolic health, it's just the downright genius way to transform your weight loss journey. So we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to
1: the Weight Loss Made Easy podcast. This podcast does not constitute medical advice, and it's important to consult your healthcare practitioner before starting any new treatments to make sure that it's safe and effective for you.